It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the College Hoops Daily Podcast presented by Beth Fred Sports. My name is Zach Kroll. I am your host, and we are officially in the college basketball offseason. Just over a week ago, we crowned the national champion for the 2023 season. Congratulations again to Dan Hurley, Adama Sinogo, Jordan Hawkins, Tristan Newton, Alex Caravan, and the rest of the Utah Huskies. But in this world of college basketball, if you blink for a second, if you miss what's going on around you for just a little bit of time, you are going to feel really behind. And we have gotten a ton of news in the transfer portal, in the coaching front, over the course of the last few weeks since the regular season has ended. And we are going to be talking about it here today on this show. I'm going to go over some of the biggest additions, the biggest losses in the transfer portal so far this offseason. And we even had some breaking news this morning that I'm going to start off today's show with that I had some thoughts on. But this is the College Hoops Daily Podcast presented by Betfred Sports. My name is Zach Kroll. I'm really excited to be here with you guys talking some college basketball. So without further ado, let's get into it. And that breaking news I was referring to this morning was Kyle Filipowski. He was a top 10 player out of high school, and he committed to Duke to play for John Shire. And it's funny because going into last season, if you would have spoken to anyone around the Duke program, they would have told you that their expectations for Kyle Filipowski wouldn't have been too high. Not that they didn't think he would be a really good, impactful player, but it was the other guys like Derek Whitehead or Derek Lively who were really projected to be the top dogs for Duke. But it was actually Filipowski who really did a good job, I thought, taking advantage of his opportunity Lively didn't have that big of a role to start off the season for Duke. Whitehead, he struggled with injuries throughout the season, and Filipowski, alongside Jeremy Roach, were really the two alphas for Duke. And Duke really ran through Filipowski. Like, when he was playing at his best, when he was playing really well, that's when Duke was really hard to beat, and he was their leading scorer, averaging just over 15 points a game. He was their leading rebounder, averaging just under nine points a game. And I think if he would have went into the NBA draft, he would have been, I would say, a top 20, top 25 back-end first-round pick. But in the new era of college basketball, where if you're one of the top players in the sport, especially playing at a great program like Duke, you're going to have the chance to make some good money in NIL. And it's funny for me, uh, as someone who's followed the sport, just five to six years ago, 
a player like Filipowski would never even have a chance of coming back. Even if there was a chance you could go undrafted, a lot of the best players in the sport just wanted to get to the NBA as quickly as possible just so they could make some good quality money for their family. But now they have the opportunity to to do that in college. And if Filipowski has one more great season for Duke, there's a good chance we could see this guy drafted in the lottery. So despite what people tell you about college basketball, it does do really good things for certain prospects in particular. And I think Filipowski has a chance to put himself in that category. And with this news, Duke, and uh, when you start looking at their team for next season, they are loaded. They're extremely well-built. Filipowski, he is going to be back alongside Tyrese Proctor and Mark Mitchell. Those were the other two big-time names for Duke that announced that they would be coming back to school. Both Proctor and Mitchell, as well as Filipowski, were really top-notch recruits coming out of high school, top 30, top 40 in that range. And we know in college basketball, it is extremely hard to win with freshmen. And I think considering the position John Shire was in last year as a first-year head coach, replacing an all-timer, obviously, in Coach K, I think considering those circumstances, Shire did about as good of a job as anyone could really ask of him last year. And I know that might sound weird after the way Duke's season ended with a disappointing round of 32 loss to Tennessee. But at the end of the day, if you remember, in the beginning of ACC play, Duke was getting run off the floor in basically all of their road games against teams that are good, but that Duke should not be getting blown out against. If you remember, Duke got blown out by Wake Forest. They got blown out by NC State to start their season. If you remember, in the PK-85, they played Purdue in the championship game when Purdue was hitting on all cylinders, when they were looking like the best team in the country, and Duke got ran off the floor in that game. They also had some controversial losses that really should have been wins. Duke had a game at Virginia Tech on Big Monday where Kyle Filipowski accidentally got clobbed in the throat after the Virginia Tech player hit the basket to put the Hokies up uh, a point, I believe it was, with about 10 seconds left. And that easily could have been called a flagrant foul. Instead, it wasn't. And Virginia Tech ended up getting the win over Duke. We remember the game in Charlottesville against Virginia, which I thought was really the turning point of the Blue Devil season. Duke goes into Virginia. They weren't playing great. Uh, speaking of blowouts, how can I forget? Duke lost to Miami by 20-plus points on the road on Big Monday during ACC play. And then they fouled that game up against Virginia, losing in controversial fashion. It was Filipowski who clearly got fouled at the end of regulation. The refs didn't call it, and Duke ended up losing that game in overtime. But since that loss, to close out the regular season, Duke finished with a perfect 6-0 record, including a win going on the road to Chapel Hill to get all the revenge they could. I know that nothing will ever make up for the fact that North Carolina knocked Duke out of the NCAA tournament in the Final Four in Coach K's last game. Caleb Love, who we'll get to a little bit later on the show, he ended Coach K's run at Duke, and the Blue Devils got whatever payback or revenge they could going on the road to UNC in the regular season finale and beating the Tar Heels. So Duke ended their regular season 6-0. They won the ACC tournament in uh, all three of their games there, and they looked really good in the NCAA tournament to start against Oral Roberts. Unfortunately, that didn't end 
too well against Tennessee. But Duke was playing really good basketball towards the back end of last season. They get three main contributors back in Filipowski, in um, Tyrese Proctor, in Mark Mitchell. And it could be Jeremy Roach joining those guys as well. Roach did declare for the NBA draft while maintaining his college eligibility. So Jeremy Roach does come back. And if you talk to the people around the Duke program, they think he's coming back. It's not 100% sure, but I think Roach is more likely to come back than not. That's a really good four-person group to start building your team around. They will also bring back Ryan Young, the transfer from Northwestern. But with the Filipowski news, and I was suspecting this considering just how crowded this Duke roster was looking like, um, a, a player, Mbako, he will not be returning to school, or he will not be heading to Duke next season. And yes, Mackenzie Mbako, he officially requested a release from his national letter of intent to Duke. Uh, he'll most likely be able to uh, seek other options uh, for his school next season. So with so many different players coming back, that does make sense. However, Duke will have plenty of other really good freshmen coming in next year. Sean Stewart, who's a top 15 recruit in the class. Same thing with Jared McCann, Caleb Foster, and TJ Power. All four of those guys are top 20 recruits in 24-7's class of 2023 for the high school players. So Duke is going to have plenty of talent back next year. They lose Whitehead. They lose Lively. But that core group of Filipowski, Proctor, Mitchell, and the freshmen, plus hopefully Jeremy Roach, if Roach comes back, I think Duke has a really good chance to open up next season as the number one team in the preseason top 25. It's really good for the sport to have a player like Filipowski coming back. And you got to give credit to John Shire because as tough of a position as he was in to start his head coaching tenure at Duke, he has the Blue Devils going into year two in a really good spot. And considering how poorly Duke played to start last season compared to how well they played, uh, to end the season and going into the ACC tournament, I have full confidence that this should be one of the better teams in college basketball next season. Continuing with some of the other big news in the transfer portal this past week, Caleb Love, the former North Carolina guard, he announced on Friday that he committed to Michigan. And this was a little bit of a surprise considering Missouri and he is from St. Louis. We all know how good of a job Dennis Gates did with the Tigers program last season. So Caleb Love, a lot of people thought he would be heading to Columbia, but instead he will be playing for Juwan Howard at Michigan. And it's an interesting situation here because Michigan has been in the news. They had a really disappointing season, not even making it to the NCAA tournament when they had a really talented roster that's going to feature likely two first-round picks in the NBA draft in Jet Howard and Kobe Bufkin, plus, of course, Hunter Dickinson, one of the biggest names in the transfer portal right now. He shocked a lot of people when he decided to transfer out of the Michigan program. So Jawan Howard, I personally don't think he should, he should be on the hot seat entering this season. I know last season was really disappointing, especially considering the talent he had. But Jawan has had a lot of success in the NCAA tournament. He made it to the Elite Eight during his first year at Michigan, the his first year, or actually that was his second season, I'm sorry, but his first season at Michigan, they were in 
contention to make the NCAA tournament. They were going to be a tournament team before the pandemic shut down the season. Last year, they make it to the Sweet 16 after a season where it felt like a lot of the things that went wrong, that could have gone wrong, just immediately went wrong. And this season, I, I just don't think the chemistry was there. Now, Michigan did lose a lot. It was a big blow to lose Kobe Bufkin, especially considering how well he played in such a quick stretch. Like, Kobe Bufkin literally went from a guy that a lot of Michigan fans called disappointing throughout his first year and a half plus in Ann Arbor. He went from that to all of a sudden being a lock first-round pick in the NBA draft. So, with how well Bufkin played throughout the back end of the season, I don't think any Michigan fans were really shocked by his exit. But they did add two transfers on the wing in Namari Burnett and Trey Jackson. Uh, Burnett coming from Alabama. This will be his third school after he started his career at Texas Tech. He's really struggled with injuries, but at the same time, he is a former top 40 recruit and is one of the better defenders in the country. So I thought that was a pretty solid ad. And then Trey Jackson, I thought he was really good for Seton Hall two years ago in Kevin Willard's last year. I don't think he just ever found a great role with Shaheen Holloway. I really like him. He's big. He can shoot the ball. I think he's the perfect modern day stretch four in college basketball. And you pair those two guys along with Caleb Love and Doug McDaniel in the backcourt. I think that's a solid start for Michigan. But with Caleb Love, I just think he needs to be a smidge more efficient. I'm not saying that he needs to shoot you know, 50% from the field every game. That That's obviously not going to happen. And when you watch North Carolina, you know that Caleb Love and, and having him on your team, it's going to come with some pros and cons each and every night you take the floor with him. So we all remember the great Caleb Love, what he was able to do in North Carolina's run last season in 2022, all the way to the national championship game. He dropped 28 points to beat Duke knock UNC's arch rival out of the final four when Mike Krzyzewski, it was uh, his last game coaching. He knocked out Coach K and ended his legendary uh, coaching career. We just uh, hinted at that earlier in the show. But he was also really good in UNC's Sweet 16 win over UCLA. When Caleb Love is on, when he's making shots, there aren't many players in the country more exciting and more fun to watch. However, the issue is, he needs to learn that on nights when he's not feeling it, on nights when he's not feeling at his best and he's making every shot, he can't shoot the team out of the game. And that's what he did at North Carolina multiple times last year. Now, I also know that a lot of Michigan guards have, have had success and have really improved during their time in Michigan. I know Howard Isley is a coach on that staff that a lot of players have worked with and think really highly of, and, and he's a big reason why guys like Franz Wagner, a, a guy like E.Y. Brooks, really improved throughout their college career playing at Michigan. And I think Love, uh, he, he's a good fit, and he's a good guy to work with in, in those situations. But I think also there's a good chance a lot of the reason why Caleb Love is going to be playing at Michigan is because Juwan Howard sold him on being that Dude, a guy that's going to have full control of the Michigan offense, a guy that's going to be their top scorer, their top uh, shot creator on offense, and it's up to Love now to see if he could succeed in that role. I do think also for the Big Ten Conference, having a guy like Love, 
who is super athletic, a guy that could light up the scoreboard for a conference that has had a lot of struggles during the month of March, that is going to be a guy that at least we know is capable of taking a team on a deep NCAA tournament run. And Michigan was in a really desperate spot. This could go like one of two ways. It could either go really well, and this is the best risk Jawan Howard has ever took. But if things go poorly at Michigan this year, let's say, God forbid, they miss the NCAA tournament, then the pressure is really going to be on Jawan Howard. There's no guarantee if Michigan misses the NCAA tournament this year that Howard is going to be back. But if they do, Caleb Love most likely is going to have a big reason to do uh, to do with it. And if Love is the best player or a leading scorer on a Big Ten team that makes the NCAA tournament, that's definitely going to improve his draft stock. When you're a player that's a top 20, top 25 recruit coming out of high school and you're going to North Carolina, the expectations are going to be high. And they even got higher based on Love's unreal tournament run last year when he was looking like a legitimate NBA prospect that had a chance to go in the first round. And Love decided to come back to school. This season was an absolute disaster. I do think that Jawan Howard, as much as Michigan fans might be on him right now, I do think he's a significantly better X's and O's coach than Hubert Davis. I think Hubert has a good vision for the program, and he obviously did a really good job with UNC in 2022 in March, giving them the confidence uh, to get all the way to the national championship game. But watching North Carolina last year, I was really unimpressed with Hubert, if I'm being totally real with you guys, I don't think that he did enough to tell Caleb, look, man, when you're not feeling your best, stop shooting the basketball. There were just way too many times when Caleb loves decision-making and his shot selection just cost North Carolina games and they missed the tournament because of it. And that was really unfortunate to watch for a team that had such high expectations coming into the season after their final four berths. So There's going to be a lot of pressure on Caleb Love, but I do think overall a change of scenery was necessary with both sides, especially when you considered that R.J. Davis, he decided to come back to school. Armando Baycott, he decided to come back to school as well, and UNC wasn't going to just run the whole thing back with the same team. So I think a change of scenery was good for both sides. I think Michigan is a super hit-or-miss destination for Caleb Love. In an ideal situation, things work out, but there's going to be significantly less talent around him at Michigan than there was at North Carolina. Hopefully he could learn to just play a little bit more in flow of the offense and just not shoot the ball 20 times a game. I mean, the thing with Caleb Love, never forget this, following that unreal performance in the final four against Duke, the next game in the national championship against Kansas, he shot five of 24 from the field with 13 points. Five of 24, he was awful. He was extremely inefficient. And the fact that North Carolina had a 15-point lead in that game and they were up and with a chance to win late, that was honestly an impressive feat with just how poorly Love played that game. But this is a change of scenery for him. I do hope it works out. And a major move by Jawan Howard to open up what is going to be a massive season in Ann Arbor. Sticking in the Big Ten, there was another team actually also in the state of Michigan that got some big news for next season. And Michigan State Guard Tyson Walker announced that he will be returning to school. This will be his third season in East Lansing. And I got to tell you guys, of course, after the Filipowski news, Duke, they're going to have a realistic chance 
to be the number one team in the country going into next season. Marquette is another team, actually the team that Michigan State beat in the round of 32 of the NCAA tournament. They're going to be returning most likely just about everyone from last year's team. Purdue, if Zach Eady comes back, same thing. They're going to be a ton of really good teams returning a ton of really good talent going into next season. However, with this news of Tyson Walker coming back, I think Michigan State has as good of an argument as anyone to be towards the top of a lot of preseason rankings next season. And with Tom Izzo as the head coach and a group of really good returning players coming back, that is usually the formula that works for Michigan State when they have success and when they make it to the Final Four. As a matter of fact, the last time Michigan State went to the Final Four. That was in 2019 when they played Duke and Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish, the team that a lot of people around college basketball thought was legitimately unstoppable. That same Duke team got knocked out in the NCAA tournament by a Michigan State team that I think is constructed pretty similarly to the team that we are going to see Tom Izzo have in East Lansing this season. And you start off with the phenomenal backcourt trio of Tyson Walker, a really good all-around player, a a gamer, a baller in the mid-range. There are not many better mid-range shooters in the sport than him. Uh, He'll be back alongside A.J. Hogard, one of the best defenders in the country. Great uh, defensive perimeter guard, provides toughness, could make a shot here or there. And Jaden Akins, who was injured at the start of the season, and he showed flashes, but I don't think we saw just how good Jaden Akins could be last season. And when he's healthy uh, and all set and ready to go from the start of the season, playing a big-time role as a junior, I think he's a guy that could be in the Big Ten Player of the Year conversation next season. That's how highly I think of Jaden Akins and his game. I'm a huge fan. They also should bring back Madi Sissoko, who I thought really improved as last season went on, uh, made a statement in Michigan State's first game of the year on the aircraft carrier in San Diego. I'm a big Madi Sissoko fan. He'll be back. And Michigan State also should bring in one of the better recruiting classes in the country next season, headlined by Xavier Booker, a five-star prospect who should have the inside path to starting at the four spot replacing Joey Hauser. That should really be the only main contributor that Michigan State is supposed to lose uh, after the season. As crazy as it sounds, Joey Hauser, and I know he's been playing college basketball for a really long time, but Joey Hauser actually had one more year of eligibility left. Technically, if he wanted to, he could come back, but that is most likely not going uh, to be the case. Hauser is going to be gone. He had a great college career, a great run in East Lansing. But if Michigan State, they bring back a team headlined by Tyson Walker, A.J. Hogard, Jaden Akins, Madi Sissoko, and then other guys off the bench that played a small role last year, that, but I think could be in for an even bigger role this year. Guys like Trey Holloman and Jackson Kolar and Carson Cooper. I think that's a really good start for this Michigan State roster heading into next season along when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With a really good freshman class. And when it comes to Tom Izzo, there aren't many coaches better in the country. And when we see so many of these legends, like Coach K, like Roy Williams, like Jay Wright, like Jim Beheim, step down. And, and step away from coaching with this new era of NIL and the transfer portal. Not everyone can handle it. Tom Izzo, a guy who, in his own way, like he's even, I don't want to say rejected modern times because he still has a great program, but he's not about the transfer portal. Michigan State really didn't do a ton. They didn't add a single transfer uh, going into last season, and you haven't really heard them link to anyone going into this transfer portal cycle because they don't really need guys. They're going to be returning Plenty from last year's team, and I know that it ended in very sour fashion with Michigan State losing just a heartbreaking overtime game to Kansas State in the Sweet 16. I was actually uh, lucky enough to be there at Madison Square Garden covering that game. It was a heartbreaking loss for Michigan State, but usually Tom Izzo, when he's bringing back teams for a second or third year going around, that's when he has the most success. Keep in mind also, like Walker. Colgard and Akins, they played a big role on Michigan State two years ago when they actually won a tournament game in a down year and faced off against Duke in the round of 32 and almost knocked them out of the tournament. Like Michigan State came very close to being that team with a lot of these same guys that uh, did what UNC ultimately ended up doing and ending Coach K's career. But Michigan State, I think they're going to be one of the better teams in the country heading into next season. Uh, Izzo, these are usually the times where he has the most success when he has experienced rosters, especially this one who already has made it to a second weekend. It's those teams that have the right mix of already established talent that are proven at the college level alongside some potential NBA players that are freshmen that you may not necessarily have to rely on, but at the same time, they could give you sparks. I think UCLA and the way they were built this season was kind of similar, where they had a great mix of guys that were established, really good college players like a Tiger Campbell, like a Jaime Jaquez, like a David Singleton, guys like that, combined with the players that were coming in as freshmen that have really high ceilings. Jeremy Fears is the other really high-caliber recruit that Michigan State will have coming into next season. He is the number 24 overall player and the number 5-ranked point guard in next year's class. So if you're a Michigan State fan, you should be really excited. I have been anti-Big Ten in March as anyone. However, this Spartans team is different. Tom Izzo is a coach we know is, of course, more than capable of leading his teams to big runs. I think Michigan State is going to be a tough, tough out and will be one of the better teams in all of college basketball next season. Continuing with some of the other biggest moves from the transfer portal over the course of the last few days, we had another commitment that happened earlier today, and that was Walter Clayton Jr., the transfer from Iona. He was the MAC, not the single-A MAC, the MAC, double-A, player of the year in that conference this past season. He was playing for Iona, the same 
team that was coached by Rick Pitino, the same team that went to the NCAA tournament as a number 13 seed, played UConn and Albany, and actually gave the Huskies their biggest challenge of the entire tournament. They were up by one point at the half of that game. We all know what happened, though. UConn ended up uh, turning things up in the second half, and they ended up beating Iona. That was the biggest challenge they had on their way to a national championship. So Walter Clayton, he is now going to be heading to Florida. He's going to join our guy, EJ Jarvis. If you missed uh, the interview with him last week on this show, talking about his journey to Gainesville and uh, playing in the Ivy league throughout his college career, everything that made that conference so special, so unique. He will be heading to Florida to play with Walter Clayton jr. In addition, Florida added a transfer from Marshall. Micah Handlockton, he will be heading to Florida. He was a freshman last season in Conference USA for Marshall. He played really well. So Todd Golden, he is really building up that roster after losing a ton. They do bring back Will Rickard, the former Belmont transfer. I think him going along with Clayton, going along with Jarvis is a really solid start for the Florida Gators. It was a disappointing year one for Todd Golden, especially relative to the very high expectations that people had for him coming in. But the SEC is loaded. If you don't have talent in that league, you are not going to have a legitimate chance to win. And Todd Golden is showing, at least from a a recruiting perspective, he's able to go toe-to-toe with some of the big boys, some of the biggest programs in college basketball. I think he's building a pretty solid roster, and I think this roster – fits together and should be better than what we saw on the court in Gainesville last year. So congratulations to Walter Clayton. He will be heading to Gainesville, Florida to play for the Gators. Kalel Ware, a former top 15 recruit at a high school. He played last year at Oregon, really didn't get much of a role like effort and his motor were always in question, but the natural talent is there. And hopefully Mike Woodson is the coach that could get, something out of where he is a guy that the summer going into his uh, year of college last summer, his first year of college, he played really well at the U18 games for team USA. And people were talking about this kid as a lottery pick. And it was pretty disappointing at Oregon last year. Again, effort motor. That was a real question. The ducks had a ton of talent on that team. He will be heading to Indiana to play for Mike Woodson. Of course, the Hoosiers are going to lose Trace Jackson Davis. They're going to lose Race Thompson. They're going to lose Miller Cop. They already lost uh, Jordan Geronimo and Tamara Bates as well to the transfer portal. So after Mike Woodson, his first two seasons in Bloomington, a lot of his main focuses on the recruiting end in the offseason were going after the guys already in his program and making sure that he did everything he could to keep them. But now it's time for him to bring in his own players. And I think Kalel Ware is a really, really good start. Indiana should also have Xavier Johnson back healthy, ready to go last year. One of the better guards and overall defenders in the Big Ten. So shout out to Mike Woodson for bringing in Kalel Ware. He actually had a visit scheduled uh, to Alabama last week that was canceled. And once he did that, I think everyone kind of had the consensus opinion, like, okay, Kalel Ware, he's going to be heading to Bloomington, Indiana. I think besides Michigan State, the rest of the Big Ten should be pretty wide open heading into next year. And even in Michigan State's case, we've seen so many times the best team in the Big Ten doesn't always win the league. It's just such a grind. There's so many teams that play a similar style, that are similar in talent, 
the game and uh, the competitiveness of them are always really close. I wanted to give a shout-out to a Pac-12 program that has been making some serious noise on the recruiting trail over the course of the last week, and that is first-year coach Mark Madsen at Cal. He has added two major additions in Fardaw's AMAC, the transfer from Texas Tech, but that wasn't necessarily a big surprise that he's going to play at Cal because Fardaw's played for Mark Madsen at Utah State before he got to Texas Tech. AMAC was the 2022 Conference Player of the Year in the WAC, the Western Athletic Conference, playing at Utah Valley. So he will be heading to Cal. That happened uh, a few days ago on Friday. But today, earlier this morning, Cal got another huge commit, Jalen Cohn from Northern Arizona. Cohn actually started his career as a former top 100 recruit playing for Mike Young at Virginia Tech. But since then, he has turned into an absolute star playing the last three seasons or two seasons, I should say, at Northern Arizona. Cone, last season, averaged 17.6 points, 2.8 rebounds, 2.5 assists. This is a major get for Cal. He's averaged about 19 and 17 points over the course of the past two seasons. And having guys like Cone, having guys like AMAC, these are just simply not players Cal has had on campus since Jalen Brown, since Ivan Rabb since the last few years of the Conzo Martin era. And there has been a narrative. Our guy Aaron Torres has been speaking about this a lot. There's been a narrative out there that you can't get players into Cal. That That's not true. We've seen now multiple times with Cone, with AMAC, with the guys that Conzo Martin, that uh, he was able to get on campus that ended up playing in the NBA. Like when you're at Cal, it's not impossible to get players. You just need someone that's really looking to recruit well in a big way. And I think they finally have that with Mark Madsen. I think this Cal program is one that I would buy stocking going forward. I've been really impressed with what Mark Madsen has done just a few weeks into the job at Cal. AMAC and Cohen, that's a lethal inside-outside duo that I think should be able to do some serious, serious damage. Another commitment that happened over the weekend that I think was really significant LJ Cryer, the former Baylor guard, is staying in the Big 12, but he won't be going to a team that he's particularly used to playing against. Uh, They actually did play in the Final Four a few years ago, but LJ Cryer, he goes from Baylor to Houston, and Kelvin Sampson has done some big-time work in the transfer portal. This is now the second big-time guard they've added, uh, along with Damian Dunn, the guard from Temple. So although Houston lost Marcus Sasser, he won't be coming back. They also lose Tremont Mark, who played a big role on the team this past year. He is on his way to Arkansas. That's another big commitment that happened over the weekend. They needed some guards. And Samson brings in Dunn. He brings in Cryer. These guys will go along with youngsters like uh, Jamarian, or not Jamarian. Um... Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Emmanuel Sharp, the young guard from Houston that I actually thought played a really nice role for the Cougars in the NCAA tournament this past season, alongside Terrence Archinot, who was a former really highly regarded recruit coming out of high school, but didn't particularly play a great role on the, the squad this past season. But now... Uh, he is going to be a big-time piece for the Houston Cougars. Those four guards in the backcourt, along with, by the way, Jamal Shedd, who should be coming back as well. I think Houston, I know they're going to be moving to the Big 12, but I think they have a legitimate shot of being one of the better teams in that league and in the country. I know it's the best country in the league, even though the Big 12 actually didn't do great in March Madness. I think we also know that... uh, as important as the NCAA tournament is, I don't know if it's really the best way to determine which conferences around college basketball are really the best. However, I will say when you look at it as well, it does mean a lot. Like you have to have at least some success in the NCAA tournament. You can't be the big 10. So Houston, they are getting some dudes to go into the big 12. It's a great league. And they might even have a a realistic argument of being considered the favorite in the Big 12 heading into next season. That is an unreal get, grabbing LJ Cryer to go along with Shed, who started every game this past year. He's been a big part of their rotation over the course of the last two seasons. Archino is a young player that's only getting better and better. You uh, have Sharp as well. Damian Dunn, like the Houston Cougars, are absolutely loaded in the perimeter. Ace Baldwin, he's going to go with Mike Rhodes to Penn State. I think that's a really solid start for Mike Rhodes. Uh, in uh, State College, I know the Nittany Lions are going to be in a tough spot heading into next season. Losing Jalen Pickett, losing Andrew Funk, losing Cam Winters. Like, they're going to lose basically everyone, including their head coach, obviously, Micah Shrewsbury, uh, from the team that made the NCAA tournament last year. But I think bringing in the reigning Atlantic 10 Conference Player of the Year is a really good start. So shout out to Penn State, Ace Baldwin. That's the first major piece that Mike Rhodes brings in. Memphis, they have been on a tear in the transfer portal. They've brought in three players, including Caleb Mills, who uh, started his career at Houston. He played the last two seasons at Florida State. That's an interesting one because I... Mills has been a little bit off the radar over the course of the last few years playing at Florida State, but he at one time was the preseason AAC Player of the Year. Memphis also brings in... Uh, the D2 transfer, Jonathan Pierre, who won a national championship at Nova Southeastern uh, last season. He's obviously one of the better players in Division Two. Really athletic. He's a 6'9 point guard. Uh, and Memphis also brought in a transfer from Middle Tennessee State, Tiafele Leonard, who was one of the better defenders in all of college basketball last year. Super athletic. That will be able to guard the wing. So Penny Hardaway, he's doing some good work in the recruiting aspect just like he always does Arkansas they picked up Tremont Mark I did mention that they also brought in Keon uh, Keon Menafield the freshman from Washington who had a really impressive year last year playing for Mike Hopkins we know there are not many guys 
better in the transfer portal than Eric Musselman. Arkansas has reached out to over 80 transfers so far. That's how serious they take this thing. Uh, Brandon Murray, another move in the SEC. He is heading to play for Chris Beard at Ole Miss. I know that Chris Beard might not necessarily be the best guy, but when he's your coach most of the time, you are going to be able to win games. And I think Beard has done a nice job keeping Matthew Morrell and Jamie and Brakefield, who originally did enter the portal. He's kept both of those guys within the program, which I think is a really big first step. And you combine if the thing with Murray also is he might have eligibility concerns. This is now his second time transferring in two years. I know that Patrick Ewing is no longer the head coach at Georgetown. So maybe in previous circumstances, that would have been a, that would have made him be eligible for a waiver, but who even knows what the NCAA is going to be doing with that uh, going into this season. So if Brandon Murray is on the floor for Ole Miss, that's a really big piece to go along with Morrell and uh, Brakefield. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. The other one I wanted to mention was Ryan Nempart going from Creighton to, uh, it's not official yet, but every time you hear and you ask, where's Ryan Nempart going? The answer is usually Arizona. That's where I expect him to go. I think Creighton head coach Greg McDermott had a great tweet uh, a couple days in response following uh, what happened. But Coach McDermott tweeted out after shortly uh, Nampart entered the portal. He said, the transfer portal works both ways. We have enjoyed many players that have come from other schools. All the young men that have decided to move on have made a huge contribution to our program. I wish them all the best. As they continue their journey, I hope you'll do the same. So that is just a pro's pro. Great job in that tweet from McDermott. And that's the guy that gets it right there. The transfer portal, it will do good things. It will do bad things. It really does go both ways. But not many other people would have had the pride and the guts to do that. So shout out to Coach McDermott. The Creighton program is in very good hands. And as long as they get a handful of of guys back, even without Nebhardt, I think they should be in a very solid position next year to do some big things in the Big East. But that's going to do it for today's College Hoops Daily. It's crazy. The season's over, the offseason's here, but you know that does not mean we're stopping. There will be plenty of transfer portal news to come over the course of the next few weeks, and you know we will have you covered with it on this show. And then as we get deeper and deeper into the offseason, we'll talk We'll start talking rosters. We'll start talking what these teams are going to look like going into next season. And I'm really excited about that. Thank you guys for listening. I'll talk to you guys soon. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.